Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlil fala hadiya lahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu amma ba'd so we've been on the chapter talking about the qadr, the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned the four parts about the decree of Allah. The first was that Allah's knowledge encompasses everything. The second was that all of the decree was written in the preserved tablet Allah al-Mahfuz the third was that everything occurs by the will of Allah Mashiatullah and the fourth was that everything comes into existence and is created by Allah there was one thing last week one small point somebody mentioned about the connection between al mashiah and the irada you remember we said that there is al irada al kawniyah and al irada al shar'iyah that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his will connected to the creational sense, then whatever Allah wills in that sense, it will definitely occur. And whatever Allah doesn't will, then it will not occur. And al-irada ash-ar'iyyah, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, but does not necessarily mean that it is always decreed to happen. Allah loves that everybody should be Muslims, but is it decreed like that in Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah? It is not. And there was a point regarding Al-Mashi'ah. And it is, Yuradifu kalimatu Al-Mashi'ah, kalimatu Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah. I think last week we said Al-Iradah Al-Shari'ah. That was incorrect. If anybody made those notes last time, it is Yuradifu Kalimatul Mashi'ah, Kalimat Al Irada Al Kawniyah. That the Mashi'ah, the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is the same as the Irada Kawniyah, meaning Allah's will in terms of the creation. The Mashi'ah is the same as Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah what Allah wills in the creational sense last week we said I think that it is Al-Iradah Al-Shari'ah that was incorrect the Mashi'ah is Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah وَبِهَذَا فَلْيُعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْإِرَادَةِ نَوْعَانِ النوع الأول الإرادة الكونية القدرية 
وهي التي أراد الله حصولها حصولها كونا وقدرا so one type of the will of Allah is the will of Allah in the creational sense in this creation whatever Allah wills then it definitely happens and whatever Allah does not will then it does not happen and there are evidences for that for example فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does whatever he wills and other examples وَإِذَا أَرَدْنَا أَن نُهْلِكَ قَرْيَةٌ that if we willed to destroy that village these are all talking about the will of Allah in the creational sense so whatever Allah wills in the creation then it will definitely occur and whatever Allah doesn't will in the creation then it will definitely not occur and the second type then الثاني, الإرادة, the will of Allah when it is connected to the legislation to the religion to the Sharia, then in that case, it is what Allah loves. It is what Allah loves should occur. But it does not always occur. It is not always decreed to occur in the creational sense by Allah. But these are the affairs that Allah loves. That's what we mean by al-iradah ashariyah. The evidences are, for example, Wallahu yuridu an yatuba alaykum. Allah wills to accept your tawbah, to accept your repentance and to give you that repentance. Allah wills to do that. But that is something which Allah loves to do. But does everybody in the first place repent? No, they do not. And also, other examples, Yuridullahu bikumul yusra wa la yuridu bikumul usr. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants ease for you and does not want difficulty. That is what Allah loves for you. But sometimes do people experience difficulty? In the creational sense it may occur. So those are two types of the will of Allah. The will of Allah in the creational sense. Al-iradah, al-kawniyah. And that is al-mashi'ah. Ma Allahu kan wa ma lam yasha' lam yakun. And the second type is al-iradah, al-shari'ah. What Allah loves. The first one, is it always what Allah loves? The will of Allah in the creation? Not necessarily. Allah of course does not love kufr. But does kufr happen in the creational sense? Absolutely. So the first one isn't about specifically what Allah loves. It is about what occurs and is decreed in the creation. From that is kufr and disbelief and those affairs. 
The second is what Allah loves, al-iradah, al-shari'iyah. The will of Allah in the legislative sense is what Allah loves. Will that always happen? Not necessarily. Allah may not decree it to always happen. And there are wisdoms behind that, we'll get to it in a moment. So now you have to pay attention to this part very carefully. Hatan al-iradatan al-kawniya wa shari'iyya tajtami'ani wa tartafi'an wa qad tanfaridu ihdahuma anil ukhra These two wills of Allah, sometimes both of them may occur in a particular instance. Sometimes neither of them occur. Sometimes one of them may occur and the other one doesn't. And sometimes the other one may occur and the first one doesn't. These two wills of Allah, sometimes in something, both of them are occurring. Sometimes neither of them are occurring. Sometimes in something, one of them is occurring and sometimes in something else, the other one is occurring. We'll give you examples to show what that means. Mathalan, for example, فَتَجْتَمِعَانِ فِيمَا وَقَعَ مِنَ الطَّاعَاتِ If somebody does an act of worship, somebody does an act of worship, was it decreed by Allah in the creational sense? Was the mashi'a there, al-irada, al-kawniya, the person prayed? Was it decreed? Absolutely. In the creational sense, absolutely it was decreed he was going to pray. If it wasn't decreed in the creational sense, then he would not have prayed. So it was decreed in the creational sense that he was going to pray. So al-irada, al-kawniya is definitely there. What about al-iradah, al-shari'iyah? Does Allah love that a person should pray? So in that case, when a person prays, al-iradah, al-kawniyah is there, and also al-iradah, al-shari'iyah. The second example, tartafi'ani fima... Anybody work this one out? Tartafi'ani fima what? When are neither of them there? No irada kawniya, no irada shar'iyya. Tartafi'ani fima lam yaqa' min al-ma'asi. This one, you have to think about it carefully. If somebody does not commit a sin, a person does not commit a sin. For example, somebody was a, a, walks past a, a one of these alcohol shops, one of the brothers walks past the shop, but he does not go inside and buy alcohol and drink it. Doesn't. Walks past. So did he go and do the action of buying the alcohol? Didn't do it. He walked past, gone, went home. So did this action occur of him committing that sin? No. Which means al-irada, al-kawniya was not there. Even if it was there, would al-iradah, al-shari'iyya have been there if he did do it? Would Allah have loved that? No. So in this case, a sin 
not happening means that it wasn't decreed in Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyyah and neither would it be something which is within Al-Iradah Al-Shari'iyah. Make sense, huh? The third type, وَتَنْفَرِدُ الْكَوْنِيَّةِ فِيمَا وَقَعَ مِنْ الْمَعَاصِي Third example, imagine the guy walking past the alcohol shop does go inside and buy the alcohol and drink it. So now he's done that action. Which means الْإِرَادَةِ الْكَوْنِيَّةِ Was it there? It was decreed. He was going to do it. But is al-iradah al-shari'iyya there? Does Allah love that he did this? So in that case, in that action of a sin happening, it is only al-iradah al-kawniyya. وَتَنْفَرِدُ الْشَرْعِيَّةِ So when would al-iradah al-shari'iyya be there, but not al-kawniyya? These are like hypothetical examples. تَنْفَرِدُ أَشَرْعِيَّ فِي مَا لَمْ يَقَعْ مِنَ الطَّاعَاتِ A person does not do an act of worship. A person gets lazy and misses the prayer, doesn't bother getting up, he can see the time, see the time, he doesn't get up, he doesn't pray. So he didn't pray. The time went, he missed the prayer. Was it decreed he was going to pray that prayer? Was it decreed he was going to pray it? It wasn't. So in terms of al-irada al-kawniyyah, then it wasn't there in terms of that person uh, not praying that particular prayer. But now, al-irada shari'iyah, would it have been there that the person should have prayed and it would have been beloved? Absolutely. So in that case, al-irada, al-kawniya wasn't there. It was not decreed he was going to pray. He didn't pray. But would it have been beloved to Allah? Yes. So al-irada, al-shari'iya was there for him to pray. But al-irada, al-kawniya, it was not there. It was not decreed. He made the choice not to pray. There are some real examples now. They were like hypothetical. Another a bunch of real examples now. Ishtama'ata fi, mathalan, fi imani Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, was a believer. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, was a believer. He was upon Islam, entered into Islam. So was it decreed? In al-iradah al-kawniyya that Abu Bakr would become a Muslim? Absolutely. Does Allah love this? Absolutely. So Abu Bakr, for example, being a Muslim, there was al-iradah al-kawniyya and al-iradah al-shari'iyya. Another example, fi kufr Abi Jahl. Abu Jahl, kafir. Which irada was there? Abu Jahl, he was a kafir, died upon kufr. Was that decreed then? Absolutely. So al-irada al-kawniya was definitely there. But is it beloved to Allah? So al-irada al-shari'iyya was not there. فَتَنْفَرِدُ الْكَوْنِيَّ فِي كُفْرِ أَبِي جَهَلْ فَقَدْ أَرَادَهُ اللَّهُ كُفْرَهُ كَوْنًا 
لكن أحب حصول الإيمان من كل الأمة. Allah decreed in the creational sense he would be upon kufr. But in terms of what Allah loves, Allah doesn't love kufr, Allah loves iman. And then what about, what about imagine if Abu Jahl became Muslim? So now then, al-iradah al-kawniya for Abu Jahl to become a Muslim. Did Abu Jahl become a Muslim? No. So al-iradah al-kawniya wasn't there. But would al-iradah al-shari'iyah be there? Does Allah love that he should have become Muslim? So in that case, in faradat al-iradah al-shari'iyah fi imani Abi Jahl. For an example, that he became Muslim, if he became Muslim, then al-iradah al-shari'iyah is there. But al-iradah al-kawniyah, was it there? No, and that's why he never became a Muslim. Allah knew he would choose to stay upon kufr. And just example, irtafa'ata fi kufri Abi Bakr. Example again, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq not being a Muslim. Did that occur? So we know al-irada al-kawniyah was not there for this. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was Muslim. He did not become non-Muslim. So al-irada al-kawniyah was not there. Would al-irada al-shari'iyah have been there for this if it happened? No, so that is an example where neither of them were present. There was no al-iradah al-kawniyah, that's why it never happened. And even if it did, al-iradah al-shari'iyah would not be applicable there. So you have the two types here. The two types. وَهُنَاكَ فُرُوقٌ بَيْنَ الْإِرَادَتَيْنِ And there are differences between those two types of the will of Allah. الإرادة الشرعية يحب الله متعلقها When it comes to الإرادة الشرعية Allah سبحانه وتعالى loves what is connected to it Allah loves what is connected to it وأما الكونية فقد يحب الله متعلقها وقد لا يحب as for the creational sense, what happens, maybe it could be something that Allah loves and it may be something that Allah does not love. The second thing, Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah La Buddha Min Wuqoo'i Muta'alliqiha The Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah in the creational sense, what Allah decrees, then it will absolutely happen أَمَّا شَرْعِيَّ فَقَدْ يَقَعُ مُتَعَلِّقُهَا وَقَدْ لَا يَقَعُ But what Allah loves الْإِرَادَةَ الشَرْعِيَّ It may occur and it may not occur Thirdly مَا يُرَادُ شَرْعًا يُرَادُ لِذَاتِهِ وَمَا يُرَادُ كَوْنًا فَإِنَّهُ يُرَادُ لِغَيْرِهِ لِحِكَمٍ عَظِيمَةٍ وَمَصَالِحٍ أُخْرَى What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills in the legislative sense, the religious sense, then that is something which is wanted and the point of it is that exact action. 
Allah wills and wants prayer from the people. The prayer itself is desirable. And all of the good actions and the worships to Allah, they are wanted to be done for the sake of them. They themselves are the point. But when it comes to the creational sense of the decree, those things themselves are not the point. Kufr, is that something that Allah wants? And that's the point for people to be kufar? No, there's, a, there's something different to it. There's something different. Sins, when people commit sins, are they the point that you're supposed to commit sins? There's a different point to it. With sins, it's easy to understand. The different point to the sins is that if you fall into a sin, then it gives you the opportunity to repent and seek forgiveness. So those secondary affairs that come from it, that is the point, not the sin itself. So in the creational sense, the things that happen, they may not be the primary point. There is something secondary or something else that is the point from them. Sometimes we may not understand those great wisdoms of Allah. And sometimes maybe there are some wisdoms we can understand. Fourthly, Al-Irada al-Shari'iyah Tastalzimu al-Amr Wal-Irada al-Kawniyah La tastalzimu al-Amr Al-Irada al-Shari'iyah What Allah loves Then this necessitates an obligation, a command What Allah loves Then you are supposed to do it But whereas in the creational sense Then those affairs are not necessarily what you have to do because some of them may be what Allah loves and some of them may be what Allah does not love. So those are some important points. Some of those may be a little bit difficult. But uh, for those who are able to understand that, then those are some points regarding al-Mashi'ah and al-Iradah al-Kawniyah and al-Iradah al-Shari'iyah. So now then, in Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah, which is Al-Mashi'ah, Allah decrees certain things to happen which He does not necessarily love. But then the question everybody is going to ask is, why? So, Al-Mashi'ah la tanqasim wa hiya bima'na Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah. But the mas'ala, لِمَاذَا يُقَدِّرُ اللَّهِ يُرِيدُ كَوْنًا مَا لَا يُحِبُّ مِنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ For example, so then why would Allah decree something in the creational sense that He does not love? For example, sins. Sins occur from people, so they are definitely decreed in Al-Iradah Al-Kawniyah. But in Al-Irada Al-Shari'iyah, does Allah love people to commit sins? So then why are they decreed? Why does Allah decree them in Al-Irada Al-Kawniyah? Al-Jawab Lihikamin Baligah The answer is of course that there are great wisdoms to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees. فَهِيَ مُرَادَةٌ لِغَيْرِهَا لَا لِذَوَاتِهَا Those affairs they are decreed not for them and for them to be the point. 
But there are other affairs, subsidiary affairs, that come from them that are the point of them or that are the benefit of them. وَقَدْ أَحْصَى الْعَلَّامَةِ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ثَلَاثِينَ حِكْمَةِ وَفَائِدَةِ لِإِرَادَةِ سَيِّئَاتِ كَوْنًا فِي كِتَابِهِ مِفْتَاحِ دَارِ سَعَادَةِ In one of the books of Ibn al-Qayyim, Miftah, Dar Sa'adah, he mentioned over 30, 3-0, over 30 reasons why Allah decrees sins, for example. 30 wisdoms that you can uh, derive from sins occurring. Some of those are some examples. That if you commit sins, then this leads on to you then making tawbah, seeking to uh, repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know that Allah loves at-tawwabin. And uh, uh, in the hadith it mentions, كل بني آدم خطأ وخير الخطأين التوابون. That all of the sons of Adam, they make error, but the best of those who fall into error are the ones who repent. So that is something which comes out of someone committing a sin. And that's obviously good to repent and to return back to Allah. Also, أَنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورُ وَهَذَا يَسْتَلْزِمْ حُدُوثَ الذُّنُوبِ لِتَقَعَ مِنْهُ الْمَغْفِرَةِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all-forgiving. And that is then shown to the servants after they fall into a sin that Allah then forgives them. So then you see how your Lord is the all-forgiving and forgives your wrongs and your sins after you end up falling into those shortcomings and uh, mistakes and errors. Also, مَعْرِفَةُ الْعَبْدِ حَاجَتَهُ الدَّائِمَةِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِ The fact that you fall into these shortcomings and these errors, it keeps you alert to the fact that you are constantly in need of your Lord. That you are a weak human being, and you fall into errors and you fall into sins and it shows you how small you are a creation and how much in need you are of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, in hasalatil ma'asi fa'inna al-abd yuhibbu min rabbihi an yu'amilahu bil فَكَانَ يَنْبَغِي عَلَى الْعَبْدِ أَنْ يُعَامِلَ النَّاسَ بِمَا يُحِبُّ أَنْ يُعَامَلَ بِهِ The fact that when you fall into sins, you love that Allah should forgive you. And so that creates a characteristic in you that you are then forgiving to other people who do wrong to you. If someone does wrong to you, then you know that you should try to be more 
forgiving because just like when you commit a sin you love that Allah should be forgiving to you so those are just a few examples Ibn Qayyim mentioned 30 or more reasons so when a person thinks well why are sins decreed then there are many wisdoms that are derived from them and it is not the actual action that is the point the sin isn't the point it's what comes from it afterwards and the same with all of the other affairs that you might think are bad things then it's not the point of those things maybe there are other great wisdoms that come from it maybe sometimes we don't understand but there are from the perspective of the creator wisdom in every affair so that then is the main section regarding the decree the final point here will mention as Sheikh Al-Fawzan states he says فَوَائِدُ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدْرِ the benefits of having iman the benefits of having iman in the decree al-imanu bil qada'i wal qadri lahu fawaidu azimah having iman belief in the decree has many great benefits al-fa'idatu al-ula wa hiya a'zamha the first benefit, and this is the greatest one of all of them, istikmalu arkanil iman. فَمَنْ جَحَدَ الْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَسْتَكْمِلْ أَرْكَانَ الْإِيمَانِ الَّتِي فَصَّرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْإِيمَانَ بِهَا أَنْ تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ the first benefit is of course that it completes for you the pillars of iman in this religion it completes the iman of a person in terms of all of the pillars that you must have iman in and notice in the hadith the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said and to mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wa to mina bil qadari khayrihi wa sharri he repeated the word wa to mina again to highlight and show you how great the iman in the decree is and how important the iman in the decree is so it was repeated wa to minu بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ الْفَائِدَةُ الثَّانِيَةِ The second benefit أَنَّ الْعَبْدَ يَمْضِي وَلَا يَسْتَسْلِمْ لِلْأَوْهَامِ وَالْخَوْفِ وَإِنَّمَا يَمْضِي وَيَقُولْ مَا قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ فَإِنَّهُ سَيَكُونَ جَلَسْتُ أَوْ لَمْ أَجْلِسْ That a person who has absolute belief in the decree of Allah then he can proceed with his affairs without worries and without concerns and without uh, whispers you can proceed with the affairs of your life without constant whispers and worries and concerns 
Because when a person knows that everything is under the control of Allah and that everything has been decreed by Allah, everything that occurs 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth, a person has iman in that, then you don't have to keep constantly worrying about this and worrying about that and what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. Whatever happens it is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you do not then become bogged down. You don't become affected by whispers and by fear all the time. Fear of this and fear of that. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? What's he going to say? What's he going to do? You can have some peace in your heart knowing that everything is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can submit to the decree of Allah. وَلِهَذَا حَكَى اللَّهِ عَنْ حَالِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ يَوْمَ أَحْدٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the munafiqoon in the battle of Uhud when they said الَّذِينَ قَالُوا لِإِخْوَانِهِمْ وَقَعَدُوا لَوْ أَطَاعُونَا مَا قُتِلُوا قُلْ فَدَرَأُوا عَنْ أَنفُسِكُمُ الْمَوْتِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ فَلَيْسَ الْجُلُوسُ فِي الْبُيُوتِ يَمْنَعُ مِنَ الْمَوْتِ وَلَيْسَ الْخُرُوجُ لِلْجِهَادِ يُوْقِعُ الْمَوْتِ أَوْ يَجْلِبُ الْمَوْتِ إِذْ لَمْ يُقَدِّرْهُ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ سَبَبُ وَلَكِنْ إِذَا لَمْ يُقَدِّرْهُ اللَّهِ فَلَا أَثَرَ وَلَا نَتِيجَةَ لَهُ When it came to the battle of Uhud, the munafiqoon, they said to their brothers, had they remained here and listened to us, then they wouldn't have been killed. But then in the ayah it tells them, then remove from yourselves death if you are indeed truthful. Meaning it does not matter whether you exited for jihad or you stayed back in your house. When death is decreed for you, it will come to you. Going out to jihad is a means to death occurring. But if Allah doesn't decree that for you, you could go there and return and you are still perfectly alive. And you may remain in your home and avoid that battle. And perhaps in your home, Allah decrees something to you and you die. So these are means, but, those do, but they do not necessitate that a person would die or not die. So when a person realizes these kinds of things, that everything is in the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it gives you a peace of mind. It gives you some relaxation in your mind. It's not like these munafiqoon saying if they stayed here, then they wouldn't have been killed. And if they did this and if they did that, and that's why there is the hadith that لا تقول لو أني فعل لا تقول لو أني فعلت كذا وكذا لكان كذا وكذا ولكن قل ما شاء الله ما قدر ما شاء الله ها قدر الله ما شاء وفعل and then in the end فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ that do not say لَوْ if only if only if only I did this and I did that then this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed the affair and Allah has willed the affair and if you say if only this and if only I had done that and if only I hadn't done this then using this phrase if only opens up the door to the shaitan it opens up the door to the shaitan if you begin saying if only I had done this then that wouldn't have happened and if only I hadn't done that then this wouldn't have happened when you start saying if only this and if only that it opens up the door to the shaitan and the whispers never end whispers will never end if only I hadn't said this and if only I hadn't done that and you do not know at all it is only whispers of the shaitan you think if only I hadn't said this or said that it would have been okay but you have no idea maybe it would have turned out worse these are only whisperings of the shaitan to you if only I hadn't done this and if only I hadn't done that so that's why in a hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned this Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk Strive for that which benefits you Wasta'im billah Wala ta'ajiz Strive for that which is in your maslaha For that which is goodness for you Strive for those affairs And do and seek aid and assistance from Allah in doing that and do not become weak and meek in doing those things do not become weak and do not uh, become hopeless but strive after those affairs وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا لَكَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا and if something happens to you then don't say if only I had done this, then this or that would have happened. Walakin, but rather say, Say whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed and willed, then that is what occurs. Whatever Allah decreed and what He willed, He decrees and does. So do not begin saying, if only this and if only that. فَأَنْتَ تَفَعَلُ sabab. فَإِنْ حَصَلَتِ النَّتِيجَةُ فَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَإِنْ لَمْ تَحْصُلْ النَّتِيجَةِ فَإِنَّكَ تَرْضَى And you do the necessary means. Take the necessary means to something. And if the consequences, the natija, the end result occurs for you, then alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah. But if you take the necessary means, but the end result does not work out, even if it doesn't work out, but you are still going to be content and happy and pleased with your circumstances. Because you've taken the means, you've done what you could do, and if Allah didn't decree that affair for you, then so be it. And you are pleased and content and happy with your affairs. وَتْسَلِّمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ مَا كَتَبَ لَكَ شَيْئًا So you simply submit and accept that maybe something simply wasn't decreed for you. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ وَاضِحٌ فِي فِعْلِ الْأَسْبَابِ The hadith, اِحْرَصْ عَلَى مَا يَنْفَعُكْ 
This hadith tells you very clearly that you take the necessary means. Take the necessary means. وَأَنَّهُ لَيْسَ مَعْنَ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ تَعْطِيلُ الْأَسْبَابِ And the meaning of having your trust and your iman in the decree of Allah, it does not mean that you abandon the means. وَلَوْ أَوْ أَنَّ فِعْلَ الْأَسْبَابِ يَسْتَقِلُّ بِإِيجَادِ النَّتَائِجِ كَمَا تَقُولُهُ الْمَعْتَزِلَةِ Neither do you believe that the means themselves are going to get you the end result. The means are what Allah has decreed for you. You do them and then Allah will decree for you the end result or not. So you do not put your trust into the means, but you do not abandon the means either. You take the means and then put your trust in Allah. So we do not do the ta'atil of al-asbab, meaning the rejection of the means. Aw anna fi'il al-asbab, and neither do you think that the means themselves are going to bring you the benefit. It's like when you take medicine, you have a headache, you take a paracetamol. So the paracetamol is a means. It is something that you can take as a means to remove the headache but it's not the paracetamol that you put your trust into it's gonna remove my headache the paracetamol is a means you might take 10 of them and your headache is still there so the paracetamol is a means but you trust in Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove your headache and you've taken the means the medicine that is there or you've done other means whichever means you take for your affairs so in this example that was given, the kuffar didn't think about these things. The munafiqun said if they hadn't done, they wouldn't have been killed. Only because they went, they ended up being killed. If only they hadn't done. But we say that is incorrect. You do not say if only this and if only that. Rather you say that whatever Allah has decreed, then Allah wills that and it occurs. فالقضاء لا بد أن ينفذ ولا بد أن يجرى ولا فائدة في قعود الإنسان وتخلفه عن فعل الأسباب النافعة والكف عن الأسباب سيئة فهذا يبعث في الإنسان القوة والشجاعة والإيمان بالله عز وجل وينفي عنه الشكوك والأوهام والتشاؤم الذي يصاب به كثير من الناس وينفي عنه الوساوس so when a person has his absolute trust in Allah and absolute belief in the decree, then that brings about some bravery in a person. It brings about some strength in the character of a person. And it removes from him the whispers and removes from him the pessimism. The pessimism, the tasha'um, it removes that pessimism from a person. And instead you have... Optimism, التفاؤل وينفي عنه الوساوس So the whispers are taken away from him ولهذا كان أهل الإيمان لا يتأخرون عن طلب ما فيه خير وما فيه فائدة That's why the people of Iman do not delay in taking the means and in seeking after that which there is benefit in it for them لأنهم يؤمنون بالقضاء والقدر ولا يقولون نخاف من الموت والقتل 
So the believers, they believe in the decree, they have faith, iman in the decree, and they don't say, but we're afraid of this going to happen, or that's going to happen, or we might die, or you don't let yourself to be overwhelmed by whisperings all the time. إِذَا كَانَ الْمَوْتُ مُقَدَّرًا لَكَ سَيَأْتِيكَ وَلَوْ لَمْ تَذْهَبْ إِلَيْهِ In regards to the example regarding Uhud, it doesn't matter. If death is decreed for you, then it doesn't matter whether you stay in your home or you go outside. When it's decreed for you, it will come to you. The third benefit of belief in the decree, الْفَائِدَةُ الثَّالِثَةُ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُ الْمُصِيبَةُ لَا يَجْزَعُ That if a person is overcome by some calamity, some distressing affair, something difficult, he does not become depressed. A person does not become depressed and lose all their hope and become so sad and grieving as though everything is finished. If something bad happens to him, why not? Because he knows that whatever has happened is by the decree of Allah. So you can simply make dua to Allah that Allah removes this difficulty which has happened to you and brings you some ease. So then it makes it easier for a person to face difficulties. It makes it easier for a person to face difficulties knowing that it is all by the decree of Allah what is happening. So he doesn't become despondent, he doesn't become depressed, doesn't lose all hope. وَلَا يَلْطِمُ الْخَدُّ وَلَا يَشُقُّ الْجَيْبُ وَلَا يَدْعُوا بِدَعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ this is like in the hadith when the Prophet said, Laysa minna man darab al khududa wa shaq al juyuba wa da'ab da'w al jahiliya. Not from us is the one who strikes his cheeks and tears his garments and screams and shouts in the way and the words that they used to say in jahiliya. Like when somebody dies. When somebody dies, they call it an-niyaha. Somebody dies and in jahiliya they would start screaming and shouting and hitting themselves and tearing their clothes and why me and why did he have to die? And all of those kinds of things. The Prophet said, whoever does those things, it's a major sin. Laysa minna, when a hadith begins, laysa minna man fa'ala kada wa kada, meaning it's from the kaba'ir. It's a major sin for a person to do that because somebody who does that, Start screaming and shouting and hitting and tearing their clothes and that means he has forgotten about the decree of Allah. Allah has decreed for a person to die. And everybody, kullu nafsin mawt. Every person shall taste death. So a person must remain patient at those times. In the Quran it mentions, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ صَلَوَاتٌ مِّن رَبِّهِمْ وَرَحْمَةٌ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُهْتَدُونَ 
and give glad tidings to the patient ones. Allah says, give glad tidings to the patient ones. Those who, when they are overcome by some calamity or difficulty, they say to Allah, we belong and to Him we will return. Upon them is the prayers from their Lord and mercy and they are the guided ones. So upon a person is to remain patient at times of difficulty, at times of hardship, in order to actualize his iman in the decree. You know it is all by the decree of Allah. It is like example the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam all of his children died whilst he was still alive apart from Fatima. Only one of his children died after him. All of his other children died. He experienced the death of all of his children apart from one. So now isn't that something difficult for a person that you experience the death of a child or more than one child, children, all of his children? Except one. So these were difficulties. These were examples. And there are many examples from the prophets and the messengers. When you look at the uh, Qasas al-Anbiya, the difficulties and the calamities they had to face from the enemies of Islam, the enemies of Tawheed. And they were patient upon those affairs. They were patient upon those difficulties. So a person must remain patient upon the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are three benefits so far. Istikmalu arkan al-Iman, that belief in the decree completes your six pillars of Iman. Thaniya, secondly, anna al-Iman bil-qada'i wal-qadar yab'athu ala al-quwwah wal-shaja'a wal-iqdam fi sabeel al-khayr. That having belief in the decree of Allah, it brings about strength and courage in a person to proceed with the affairs and not to be overcome by whispers, what if this, what if that, and all those kinds of affairs, and if only this, and if only that. But rather he has complete trust in Allah and belief in the decree, and proceeds with his affairs in life with optimism and not pessimism. So a believer who has Iman in the decree, then the difficulties are made easier upon him. They are made easier to handle and to bear because of his Iman in the decree. So the believer does not become saddened and does not lose his emotions in that affair. Just to be sad, there's nothing wrong with that. When something difficult happens, of course, a person is going to be sad. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong is when a person completely loses it and they lose everything and they become completely emotional in that sadness and grief and depression and all of those affairs. That is not correct. But just to feel sad, that happens. When the son of the Prophet ﷺ died, he said that the eyes, they shed the tears and the heart, it is saddened. But we will only say and do what Allah commands us. So a person doesn't exaggerate in the affair. 
But as for the one who does not believe, أَمَّا الَّذِي لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدْرِ فَإِنَّهُ يَجْزَعُ وَيَتَسَخَّطْ وَيَحْصُلُ مِنْهُ مَا يَحْصُلْ The one who doesn't believe in the decree when the difficulties occur upon him, then all types of the evil actions will emanate from him, from that excessiveness and exaggeration in his sadness and grief and the screaming, the shouting, the tearing of the clothes and other affairs. They even say, in Jahiliyyah, when somebody died from their sadness, they would allow their, they wouldn't shave. Isn't that what they do now? When somebody is sad and somebody dies, now they don't shave their beards, they become stubble and it becomes, and you look at the person, you know, he's not looking after himself now. They let the beard grow in the times of depression for them. So this is completely opposite to what the religion has commanded us. So the Shaykh says, ah, he mentions here, وَالْآنْ نَسْمَعُ كَثِيرًا عَمَّا يُسَمَّى بِالْإِنْتِحَارِ وَأَنَّهُ انْتَشَرَ بَيْنَ أَهْلِ الْمِلَلِ الْأُخْرَى مَا سَبَبُهُ سَبَبُهُ عَدَمُ الْإِيمَانِ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ إِذَا تَضَايَقَ الْوَاحِدْ مِنْهُمْ نُحَرَ نَفْسَهُ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ لَأَنَّهُ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِالْقَضَاءِ وَالْقَدَرِ The Shaykh gives an example of suicide. He says, we hear many people now in the different nations amongst the non-Muslims, they end up committing suicide. And what is the reason? Why do they end up killing themselves? Because they have no iman, no belief in the decree of Allah. They think that's it, finished. There's no point to life. This has happened and that's happened. And there's nothing, no one can save me, no mercy left. They have no understanding of the mercy of Allah, of the forgiveness of Allah. That Allah brings ease. Inna ma'al usri yusra. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings ease with that difficulty. They have no concept of any of those things. So when the difficulty occurs, they kill themselves. So this is again an evidence of their lack of understanding and belief in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's uh, some poetry by Al-Imam Shafi'i, but I forgot. Al-Imam Shafi'i, when he wrote some poem, Da'il ayyama taf'alu ma tasha'a. Anyone know it? Yeah, yeah, something like this. And then he mentions about this, about uh, not having al-jaza', not becoming very sad and despondent and... Uh-huh. Ayyuh, that's it, that's it, that's it. So there are some lines by Al-Imam Shafi'i. They say it is Al-Imam Shafi'i who wrote this, po- uh, this poetry about the decree, what happens. He says, That leave the days to do as they do. Meaning, the decree is as it is. You make your choices in your affairs, but ultimately then, the decree is the decree. You could take the means to something, and it doesn't work out for you. Uh, or, or you may take the good means and affairs, but some difficulty occurs to you. Allow whatever occurs to occur, be content. Because all of it is by the decree of Allah. And then do not become saddened and grieved and extremely depressed when something happens. But be content and at ease and at peace with these affairs. So we'll conclude upon that for today. Then next time we're going to start on the next chapter, which is about the afterlife. وَلَا تُنْكِرًا جَهْلًا نَكِيرًا وَمُنْكَرًا وَلَا الْحَوْضَ وَالْمِيزَانَ إِنَّكَ تُنْصَحُ This is now going to be about after death, about the two angels, Al-Munkar and Nakir. Al-Munkar and Nakir, the two angels that come 
and then also Al-Hawd, the lake in uh, uh, the afterlife, on the day of judgment, Al-Mizan, the weighing scale, all of the deeds that you do, the good deeds, the bad deeds, they get weighed up in the weighing scale. So we'll talk about the afterlife on the day of judgment, what happens from the next chapter, inshaAllah ta'ala. So we'll conclude upon that for today. He wanted? I don't know, maybe some of the examples too. That, that's one example he mentions there, Khalid and Walid. That's, that's a proof and an example of the, uh, what the Munafiqun was saying, that if they hadn't gone, they wouldn't have died. But the reality is whether you go, you don't go, it's up to Allah the decree. So he wanted that, but it never occurred for him. That's an example. I don't remember other examples though.